You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we're building a health and fitness resource by trying to answer a single question every week, just based on what we already know. Or maybe what we think we know. Then we bring in the world's leading expert to tell us what we got right and what we got wrong. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. We haven't even started yet, and we're already, <laughs> we're already laughing. How you guys doing? What's going on out there? What's up, man? Good to meet you, dude. What's up, Mike? Nice to finally meet you. Uh, nothing and everything's going on, dude. We so busy. Are you? Yeah. It's like we so horny, but not. We don't have time for that. <laughs> no time for horniness. We got time for that. 2020. Okay, I'm ain't, horny, dude. Ain't nobody got okay, time. Okay, I'm horny. That. All right, I got a confession. Should we do it live? <laughs> Are we live? I told Kyle my confession earlier. We are live, yes. Yes. Should I confess this? Kyle, should I confess it? You think it's okay? Or you think I'm going to get judged? Nah, <laughs> confess it, dude. It's too late now. Let's it's go. kind of pretentious. I think I'm many things. Many things. And you can hate <laughs> me for many, many reasons. But typically, you don't hate me because I'm pretentious. That's not one that comes up. Uh, can we agree? Yeah, not, not not me personally, for sure. Not just the world. Yeah, yeah. you know, like you, you, you I look, think the world. But I don't I, think I, you uh, hate me, but you no. could probably write some things like I could understand why someone wouldn't like Mike, and here's why. And pretentious is probably not on the list. Yeah, pretentious is not on the list. No. Yeah. No, it's not pretentious to say that. <laughs> we got a peanut gallery. <laughs> He's got goddamn chops on and a trucker hat. <laughs> so I signed up and applied for the what was known as like the celebrity Tinder. Oh, not grinder. No, not not growler. No, you have to apply. <clears throat> you have to apply. Yeah, I feel like growler should come with a beer. And then at the end of the, the application, the application actually sucked. They didn't ask me shit about me. They wanted your the number one, and the reason I'll probably get in is all they wanted was your Instagram handle. Oh, and so I'm like, all right, well that what like is it, is it uh, Raya? Yeah, or it's yeah, called? exactly. And then so yeah. you you plug your name, your occupation, which I I just put whatever podcast, YouTube, self employed, your Instagram handle, which I assume because I have that stupid blue check, people think I'm cool. And then at the end, <laughs> at the end, it hacks your phone and tells you which friends uh, already a part of it. So now I have secrets on which friends I know. Ooh. And my my contact list is a little pretentious sometimes. Yeah, my contact list is a little weird. You could find some weird things in there. And uh, how many married people? <laughs> none. Okay, that was question one. Yeah, how but, many married people? But uh, but there was more people than I expected that were already a part of this Jeez. group. Interesting. Yep, that's my confession. Of the day. Are any of them you want people that you want to date? No, mostly uh, no. No. no, no. Some people I know friends that dated them, and then some dudes. Um, I, I won't, you know, confess their. I'm getting but I'll tell you names. Yeah, later, yeah, yeah, it's easy. They're easy ones. They're easy ones. <laughs> when, when one, we're when we're not live to the internet, when yeah, you talk about it. Yeah, that's my uh, confession. How do, I, how do I sound? Do I sound okay, Jim? Is it all right? Yeah, I think you sound pretty right. good. Se- sexy. Yeah. Yeah, like we're talking through an app. You know, uh, what I'm yeah. saying. Glasses. Like we swiped correctly. <laughs> so uh, we are joined today by my friend, uh, my very good friend, Nick Scopoletti, who uh, he he's a trainer at Equinox. You just went back to work, right? Yeah, 17th, June 17th, we reopened everything here. After the break. And yeah. uh, 
He's also a stand-up comede. He comedes. I brought up the dating thing, though, because our last guests... Yes, spoke so highly of you. They did. They got really excited. (laughs) And they were... Oh, Amy Amy and April, right? Yes. Shameless sex. Yeah, they're the best. Good peoples. Well, they said you were the best, so... Well, it's true. It's true all around. I want to be the best. <laughs> How do I get involved? Simply the Mike, best. Don't be, don't be pretentious, Mike. Okay? Oh. <laughs> so how's the dating application with that going? Because it sounds like they started a whole dating service just for you. <laughs> yeah. There were definitely um, <clears throat> some DMs after that I went on their show. Um, but they were all so far away, and there's a lot of mm. travel bans now, so nothing really came of it. So, um, But yeah. That's pretty much it, man. But restaurants are open here now, so we can start dating in Connecticut normally. Mm. They closed yeah. again here, so everybody's... Although outdoors going on, and Connor said yeah. he saw like hundreds of people oh, really? yesterday on a Sunday. Hundreds. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. We, we had two consecutive uh, evenings of dinners on our front lawn, oh. socially distanced with, with cool. friends and family. <laughs> yeah. Best we could do. Best we do, under the circumstances. It's a new times, man. It's really crazy. So everything got shut down again out there, huh? Not everything, but bars and restaurants. In uh, bars, period. Restaurants, um, I- interior. You know, inside yeah. service, outside service. We're so still doing, and on most places. You can still you can still eat outdoors, though. Yeah, yeah. I think nine right. nine major counties or cities no, or something. I think they they extended it. I think it's fifteen. Now. Fifteen major, and they said probably minimum three weeks. I think. Yeah. That's what they're saying. But who knows? No one knows. <laughs> yep. But yeah, dude. People it's can't. Life right now. People get drunk and they can't keep a mask on and they can't yeah. stay away <laughs> from each other and it's just all just one big. Some of the videos are pretty wild because there's a difference like, I don't know, we're kind of in a small hippie town, you know? Not really, but we're, we're in a cow town turned to like a hipster town, not hippie. Yeah. You've and, been here, so yeah, and so sort like of. yeah, so for the the world, you know, we have we have cool bars and breweries and really good food, but we don't have like our club scene isn't what is the scene. We have some clubs yeah. that yeah. some people like, but it's not the club place. It's like the bar place. It's the, a lot of our places are outdoors to begin with now, which right. I think is super cool. Um, and again, I liken it to like an Austin, Texas, a little bit smaller. But you see these videos of what happened at the Fourth uh, of July. Yeah, and and again. Look, I don't even care if you care if you let's say COVID's fake for all you hoaxers. I don't give a shit. These parties look so gross. Mm. Like everyone's <laughs> naked, hammered drunk in a pool. Yeah. And just you're 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 grinding on anything in front of you. Yeah. I, I sober uh, elevated mind space. I don't want to be in that environment. Yeah. No. No, no you got to you got to have private private naked pool parties. Yeah, at least, sure. right? Like three guys, maybe us three. I don't know. Okay, we'll okay. Out. How many girls or none? Nah, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> just us, man. Just kicking it. Girls, girls, girls. Yeah, but even the bars. My point is, even if you went out in Sacramento, it's not like the typical rager. Not yeah, that I'm yeah, con- yeah. you know condoning that right now, but. Some of the videos you see of like clubs and these pool parties that look like the craziest Vegas pool parties just blow my mind. Like it doesn't once cross your mind like, all right, I'm going to go to this thing. There's going to be hundreds of thousands or whatever, a thousand people. Right. We're like, even if it, we didn't, because we all, we all grabbed lunch once here and it felt weird. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't cross. We were done with it. Yeah. Like even still, like I'm like, eh, I probably wouldn't want to go to a bar with a hundred people. 
One, I just don't like humans, but. but... But see, here's the thing. Like, a lot of those folks, a lot of those pictures that you're seeing, you wouldn't want to go into those situations That's what under saying, the kind best of. of circumstances, That's what I'm kind of let alone, like, <laughs> disease on the run. No, I, I think what I'm saying, trying to say nicely is... If COVID's fake, you're getting a disease regardless. There. Yeah, like yeah. If you're if you're shopping for a disease, that's absolutely that's the supermarket saying. to go to. That's what I'm saying. Everything's yeah. on sale. Everything is on sale. Yeah, some of it's free. <laughs> totally no, it's all free. free. No, it's all free. That's the issue. It's the Walmart of diseases. Yeah. You just get that's it what all. the Super Ooh. Walmart. Why did they have to make a Super Walmart? Because <laughs> uh, this is America, dude. Yeah, <laughs> nothing's big enough. We have to make everything even bigger. So gross. That's how it goes. Where's the Justice League gonna shop if you don't have a Super Walmart? True. So we're literally. Let's get to the real topics. <laughs> fitness is There's going on. Topics. Okay. Fit, fitness is going on. Yeah, I got the agenda over here. Right. Fitness is going on. Fitness is going on in your space. I don't know if we're allowed to drop company names or not. Yeah, it's All right. fine. All right. So you work at an Equinox, higher yeah. end, typical, not typical, but higher end commercial gym, large mm-hmm. corporation. What yep. does the standard and rules look like for that? And then the big conversation we've been having to, during all COVID is what the hell does fitness look like currently and in the next couple two, of years, years? Maybe. Yeah, years, months, two years, three years. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's we just opened June 17th. Uh, as you said, Equinox is a big corporation, higher end. So they, but the, they've spent, I believe, like $3 million on like medical grade cleaning products for the gym now, hand sanitizers, um, trainers are required to be on the floor. I mean, cleaning stuff when you're not working, you know, everyone has shifts, there's a safety lead. It's very, very well done. And also it's, it's, you know, since it being a commercial gym, people could just check in and do that whenever. Instead, now they have to book appointments almost Hmm. like you have a 90 minute time period. You have to book it and it, it maxes out at like 106 people per 90 minute uh, time period. If you're training with someone, you're fine. But, you know, you have to walk in, you have to wear a mask. If you're stationary, though, like if you're just at a squat rack or just at a cardio machine, you can take it off, um, obviously, so you don't pass out from <laughs> breathing too heavy. Um, but yeah, no, they've done a very uh, good job of it. It's definitely the, it's the slowest I've seen the gym. We opened June 2018 and it was packed and now it's, you know, it's very, very different. Um, and, and people are still hesitant to come back. So, hmm. um, even though Connecticut's doing very well, um, we have no new cases. I don't think any deaths or anything like that. Um, people are still very cautious, but Equinox knows their clientele. Um, and they did everything they could to make it as safe as possible for people when they come back. It's funny to see like maintenance people walking around with looks like, uh, Looks like those stormtrooper guns were just spraying sanitizer. Yeah, that's what we're looking at getting. <laughs> yeah, we're actually I've been shopping those and I don't really know which one's the right one. I don't know what to use with it. We have a back room that was com- entirely infested with well, I say entirely infested with rats, but they're pretty they were, infested. There was some it was pretty <laughs> infested with rats and and they roof leaked at some point in the past. So it stinks and I understand that if you hit it with that stuff, you will kill the stink, but I don't know that that's really true. Yeah, There's a lot of um, bacteria and, and shit. It's a whole new world, man. It's a whole new world. Like um, you said, uh, uh, Equinox knows its clientele, and it is a different clientele than some of the other people we've been interviewing, which is more like, I guess, the most stereotypical powerlifter world um, yeah. in most cases that we've talked yeah. about the same topic with. Um, 
and and I was gonna say without uh, again, I'll probably sound like an idiot or sound you know like we're classifying people, which we are. Uh, that 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 the clientele matters because uh, like you just said, you, you think your place has been never been so empty. A lot of these powering powerlifting folks, what and it's regardless of the dollar bill. Yeah, because a lot of unique powerlifting places maybe not cost as much as an Equinox, but they're close. You know, you yeah, you yeah. get a specialized strength and conditioning gym coach for sure mm-hmm. but you just get the facility and you're playing you're paying medium tier gym prices mm-hmm. it's not your 9.99 a month deal right um right. and a lot of our buddies have said that uh their place could be more packed that these people can't wait to get back and and just going base and you know youtube comments and instagram comments are only you know they're nothing in the scientific realm but my personal survey of what's going on uh i get a mixed review too like hey can't wait to go join your guys's gym I, i'll go train there right now you guys want help with construction i can't wait i got i don't know 70 percent of that and then 30 yeah. percent of people like man you know what pandemic's going on <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah man i know it's a great time to open a gym yeah, i'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like, well aware i'm well aware yeah, like, you know, uh, we just dropped in from outer space. We have no yeah. idea what's going on on Earth right now. We're going to open a fucking gym. and When well, even know. that, like... No consideration for anything. When even that, like, you just want me to curl up in a ball and cry? Yeah. Like, this I, was a plan yeah. long before there was a pandemic. So, like, the issue is, like, making it work. Well, right. And and, and, and then, to, you know, both sides of this political shit spectrum that's going on in our shit world... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, neither, neither answer is going to help. Like, we can lock yeah. down and be safe mm-hmm. and still be productive. Mm-hmm. And then we can also not just open floodgates. Mm-hmm. You can also be careful and productive on both. To my, that's my argument to both of these sides I would ever argue whatever we're doing. You know, like, open her up or close her. No, like, I, I can be safe and I can be productive. Right. I don't just have to curl up in my bed and eat ice cream. Yeah. Although it's that very, sounds delicious. Cross my mind a lot. It's very mixed, you know, like even the Equinox clientele. I'm, I'm assuming, I'm going to assume your clientele is a little younger than mine. <laughs> so I don't, we don't know. We don't have we clientele don't yet. yet. We're broke. Well, I'm saying like <laughs> that maybe the people that are DMing you and reaching out and more interested or younger, they're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah. go. You know, most, a lot of my clients are in their, you know, 50s, 60s, sure. some, some in 70s, some not in the best of health. Sure. Um, so I understand. And they could also afford to build gyms in their house. So, yeah. A lot of them, so that's happening as well. Um, but yeah, dude, it, it's uh, it, it's a mixed bag again. Same thing. There's people that are in there in the gym with their masks on. They're like, "This is bullshit. I'm just doing this just to appease everybody." <laughs> and there's other people that are scared to come back. So it's like it, it's all over the place. Everyone you talk to, I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah, but. and I, my personal day to day is kind of like that too. You know, like one day I'll be like, nah. Fuck it, you know. And the next day, I'm like, "Fuck, dude, I better take a bath and hand sanitizer before I go to gym house." <laughs> we uh, the dinner we did last night out on the front front lawn. We had it was um, me and my wife, uh, Chris and his wife, and then um, uh, a nurse that my wife works with and her husband. And so the rule that we set or and tried to follow was that w- when you went to the food, which where the food was on the folding table, when you went to the food, you put your mask on. Oh, and then when you were not, you know, in front of the food, we were, because it was three couples, we did like, like three sets of two chairs. Because you can obviously sit next to the person that you're always with, with anyway. Yeah, yeah. You're in the same bubble. Um, but going back to the table to get food or whatever, that was difficult to remember to put it back on. Right. I, I would get over there and I was like, fuck. 
It's like <laughs> a, a couple times I, would, I walked back and got my mask, and and once or twice I just was like in and yeah. out real quick. Like I'm just grabbing a piece of lemon meringue pie. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. My other pet peeve of people is that they now that we're just talking shit on the internet is that people don't like understand like scientific like principles and protocols like they want all these answers or say well like two two three weeks ago you said this mr professional like yeah bitch science evolves and science takes time (laughs) yeah like this thing is brand new you know like you don't just figure out like i'm not a scientist but i read some scientific articles and and whatever for the past in the fitness world like you can't just like snap your fingers and get the answer no you know, like yeah, no, that's not how it works. People want it to work like that, and you and you guys know, being in the fitness industry, right? Like, right. Same as me. Everyone wants, you know, they'll go to they'll go to school for, I don't know, was it seven years? They go four years undergrad, three years later to become a lawyer. Yeah. But if they're not shredded in four weeks, it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, and they want yeah. to be able to do it. You're like, hey, man, like that's not how it goes. Like they think, you know what I mean? They'll go to school and they'll work for 40 years at this company and they do all that. And they go, what do you think? You know, especially again, back to my clientele, like where do you think they're at where they're at now? It took a lot of time. Sure. And they worked really hard their whole life. And, you know, now they have they, they reap the benefits of that. I understand because, I mean, what were the, the, the coronavirus numbers were like? They said there's like two million people were going to die. Right. In the beginning. They, that's what they thought. Right. And then now it's 130,000. Everyone's like, see, they're idiots. They're wrong. It's like, no, they were just using the information they had at the time. Yeah. It's just they so thought was gonna, it, They thought that's what it was going to do. Just like in our coaching careers, you're coaching people. You're like, you know what? Three years ago, I was doing this with people, and I was sure it was great. And now I'm like, ah, I probably wouldn't do that so much. 100%. You learn something new. It's and, just how it goes. And, and yeah, the coaching metaphor and stuff's good too because there's so many other factors too on what, like, uh, I'm pretty sick of our media and government, and I think a lot of people are in many senses. Um, just because you don't know what you can believe or what you can't believe. And, and, again, it has nothing to do with parties or persons. It has to do with the whole system. But they do have responsibility and, in the back of their head, how they – feed this information too mm. right so like that's the whole other factor is human psychology and how it'll make the masses react um and over time you know it's people have seemed to get numb to any information and just say fuck it is the, the majority of it but the same with training right you don't want to you don't want to tell little timmy he's never going to squat 500 because he's 120 pounds and just doesn't have the genetics for it but you don't want to tell him you know, right. yeah, you can't squat 500, dude. Just take your vitamins, right? So yeah. you have to walk that line too of like motivation and and how people react yeah. to things. There's a whole psychological side to both of these conversations. Yeah, for That's sure. That's most of it, man. I mean, I, I found most of it. I wish I took more like psychology classes when I was younger, or at least in undergrad. Like my undergrad was in exercise science, which is cool. That's great, right? It's awesome. But like these people don't really care about you know. <laughs> the rectus femoris and where it attaches and how much ATP they're using. Shit. It's mostly teaching behaviors to regular people that have jobs and have children and they're worried about other shit. You need to get them to be a little bit more motivated. It's all up here. That's Mm -hmm. all it is. Just get them moving get them doing stuff. I wish I knew that more in the beginning. Yeah. You know, I was such a meathead in the beginning and I was like, dude, I only do five, three, one. (laughs) I read elite (laughs) FTS like max effort every day, whatever. <laughs> Why don't people want to do this? And you come to realize like, oh, there's other ways. You know, maybe I should stop being a meat stick and, uh, you know, learn some different shit. Did you say stop being a meat stick? Is that what you said? Yeah. Well, okay. I got, I'll give you a meat stick. You get off there. 
at the pool party. But I'm bummed. <laughs> Meat stick pool party. Uh, so you also uh, have your own podcast. Actually, this is your second podcast ever, right? Yes. Yes. Second one. Second one. And this one's been like crazy successful as far as I can tell from the outside. You guys have had yeah. some impressive guests on. I just listened to the episode you guys did with Jamie Kennedy, which was awesome. And uh, every once in a while, you'll have someone in my age cohort, not the super old guy that was in the most recent one I listened to, but in my age cohort. And they'll say something about like how entertainment used to be, how comedy used to be, how TV used to be, and all that kind of stuff. And I think, yes, that's exactly what I think in my head about it. <laughs> You know what? Uh, you got Jamie Kennedy talking about Buddy Hackett. I mean, Christ. Anyway, Jamie Kennedy's uh, Malibu's Most Wanted. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man. He just he just turned fifty, yeah, which like crazy. blows my mind. He was like, "Yeah, I just turned 50. I was like, "You're fifty? Old am I? What the <laughs> hell's going on?" We had that moment, but the opposite the other day. Because normally it's like that. You're like, "Oh, yeah, I love." friends and oh fuck jennifer aniston's in 72 or something yeah. <laughs> uh we were watching a really bad movie uh your high not really bad i actually liked it uh your highness it's uh oh ter- wait wait terrible movie but, but so good so funny. yeah so good it's, it's so funny that's probably like one of the underrated pretty damn good comedies who, who, who's in this movie james franco, james franco. yeah uh, who's what's his name, dude? Danny McBride. It's Dan- Danny McBride. Oh, okay, okay. But the the conversation started with Natalie Portman because okay. she first the conversation said like, why did she take this script? Because uh-huh. she doesn't belong in this world. It's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like definitely like the James Franco McBride humorish, but then it gets even weirder with some like alien stuff. Then it, it's probably even more sexual than their other stuff. Uh-huh. It's just really weird. Um, the dude, uh, f- uh, not Jamie Lannister, but uh, Father Lannister's in it. Oh, uh, Charles Dance. He's in it. Yeah, which is fucking weird. Um, Don't ask me why. I know but that. so we're talking about Natalie Portman. I'm like, man, she must be you know 47, and she is banging. Like she's killing it. Uh, she, she's That's like wild. She's like 38. What? And I was looking down like the hell. Like she's super young still. What? And in that movie, it, the movie was made in like 2013. She's probably, yeah, like late 20s. And well, in Star Wars, she must have been like 15 or something. Well, I don't she know. was like 12 in Leon the Professional, right? I mean, I don't know. That's a, that <laughs> well, we looked it up, a head trip. I was like, she me. has to be like 46 or something. Yeah, I think she's 38. That's wild, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, like the podcast we have now. Well, I met, I met Jim when I had my strength and conditioning podcast, The Strength Squad, with me and my buddy Steve Cardi. That was um, that was fun, man. We got to meet a lot of great people. Obviously, made us connect with Jim, Mike Fahey, all these all these cool dudes. Um, but yeah, this was uh, this was a little different. This my podcast that I have now is called the Mangina Dialogues. Okay, um, ridiculous name, I know, but like you said, we've had some good guests on. It's been fairly successful. Um, I'm excited about it. It's a whole different thing for me. Like I feel like I'm starting over again because I, you know. My background is, you know, fitness and training and all that for when I got out of college nine years ago. So that's what I've been doing. But I just started stand up like a year and a half to it or two years ago, something like that. So now it's a whole different ballgame talking to people in the entertainment industry versus the fitness industry. It's um, it's been fun and interesting and, and 
um, I really enjoyed it. It's it's been great. Like the people you get to talk to, and just all that stuff. But I look at it the same way, like the entertainment or fitness. It's like it's, I just wanted to talk to some of the best people in the world, and I want to know what they're doing and how they get to where they were. That's, that was the same way I was with our strength and conditioning podcast. Like, how did you get to where you are? Where's your knowledge base at? How did it happen? So, a lot of carryover, but it's been really fun. It's been awesome. Who's your favorite guest so far? Oh, geez, that's hard. Um, I mean, Jamie Kennedy obviously was up there, but one of the guests we had um, that I really, really liked was uh, Barry Katz. Um, Barry Katz, for those that don't know, he's probably, man, if you know someone who's famous or is a celebrity or stand-up, he's probably managed them at some point in his career. Uh, I mean, like, he was Chappelle's manager at one point. Oh, yeah, I just listened to that one. Yeah, that was really good. Like, he's he is very interesting guy. Um, everything he says, like, I, I just enjoyed it. He was really cool. And for a guy of that stature to come on our podcast, we were literally, like, we opened it up with basically, why the hell are you on our podcast, man? Like, you're too good <laughs> for this. And he's just a cool guy. And he basically said the reason why he came on was because of persistence. We emailed and he saw the quality guests we had on. He saw the care we put into the production of the podcast. And um, that was probably one of the big ones uh, that I remember. I mean, they're all fun and all great, but that was one of the bigger ones. When, when you have a guy like that who's managed Tracy Morgan, it's just like, what the hell is he doing talking to us? This is crazy. But um, that was probably one of my favorites. And um, not unlike um, my friend Mike here, you have um, partnered with an, an older gentleman as your podcast co-host. <laughs> That's right. Cross-generational, we call it. Marketing, <laughs> purely friendship from marketing is why I chose Jim. <laughs> Mike and I are sugar babies. Yeah. Using you guys, yeah. your money and power. Trying to get into some pool parties. AARP cards. Yeah. Your, your co-host is a little younger than me, but not not tremendously yeah, younger. Yeah, I, I can't disclose his age because he always gets mad. So. He said it the other day, though, so I heard it. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Greg, uh, It's and again, Greg was one of my clients at Equinox. So he was one of my clients at Equinox. We got to talking. I told him I did stand up. He goes, bullshit. And I was like, no, I'm serious. Like, there's a club in Bridgeport. Like, you can come tonight. There's open mic. He's like, I'm coming. I was like, yeah, okay, you're coming, whatever. So he ended up coming. He saw me, this was like when I was like four or five months in, he saw me perform, and I got off stage, and he just goes, God damn it. And I was like, what? And he goes, you're not terrible. You're pretty good. <laughs> he goes, I was coming here hoping you'd fucking shit the bed and do just bomb, and I'd be able to laugh at you and we train together, but you did good. <laughs> and I was like, thank you? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, then after that, he was like, Hey, we're going to, you know, let's start a podcast. And he was asking me, cause I actually had one before and he was asking me about the podcast world. Cause he didn't know. Greg comes from the entertainment industry, does all the licensing. Um, long story short, his company, like if you go to like a Walmart or a target and you see like a cup or a dish or a plate that has a superhero on it or some movie theme, like his company does the licensing for that. So he's been involved with that stuff for a while. Um, and he just kept pushing me, literally, like, hey, let's start an open mic. Let's start doing shows. You'll host. I'm like, what do you mean, man? I, I'm, you know, you're, I'm four months in, five months in. Like, no, 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 I can't do that. I can't do that. And he just kept 
pushing me and wouldn't let it go. And then cut to now, before all this uh, COVID stuff happened, we were running a club in Southern Connecticut and booking shows. People were coming from New York City, like headliners from New York City every weekend. And, you know, we had a few open mics and a few things before this all shut down. So, you know, we were actually making money. So that was cool. And now we're slowly starting back up. Like tonight's the first night we're doing a quote unquote show um, outdoors at a place here in Fairfield. It's called the Sea Grape. It's a dive bar. And um, so I'm going to be wearing rubber gloves because I'm scared (laughs) (laughs) because this place is interesting. But that's where we started our open mic. So tonight's the first night. I'll be doing comedy in four months. So it's just going to be like 25 of us where each could do four minutes and everyone's just going to bomb horribly. It's going to be really it's going to be good. Knock the rest <laughs> off. Do you have a bunch of new material for after sitting around for four um, months? Yeah, I have a handful of new stuff. Also added tags to old stuff or mm. like a lot of it. And again, I always compare shit to training because that's just what I know the most. Like you just oh, like with programming, you're just tinkering with shit all the time. Like, you know what, this goes better here. I'm going to put this here, maybe do a few more reps here and see how that goes. I'm going to target this. I'm going to target that. It's the same thing with comedy. Switch the order, change the segues, try to see what works, um, and then you just keep figuring it out. Like, it took me probably like a year and a half to build a solid 12 to 15-minute set to where it was like perfect front to back. So it takes time, just like training. I kind of like, I like that aspect of it. Like I know, like I'm not going to front squat 405 tomorrow. It's going to take a long, long time, um, and just keep tinkering and learning along the way. So it's been really cool, and uh, not stopping anytime soon. I'm just looking forward to doing real shows again, where people could actually all sit there and not have masks on, and you know, all that stuff. I miss it comedy and um competitive lifting have a a a failure word in common and that is bomb have you bombed (laughs) and and just walked off and said i just i need time to find a a pier to walk off of way i would rather bomb a hundred powerlifting meets than bomb bomb one stand-up yeah for sure (laughs) for sure but lifting just shows like, all right, man, like I didn't sleep good or I chose a bad opener. Yeah. When I feel like you get judged as like being funny or not, which is something like I'm not a stand up or a comedian by any means, but I think I, I can make some people laugh. Yeah. Oh my God. That that one hits the ego. That one really <laughs> would rip me apart. It's tough, man. It's tough. Like at first couple, I, I've, I've been lucky to say I've only bombed like probably four or five times, but those times when you do, it's it's like you you question everything. Yeah, just like, give up. <laughs> was it them? Was it you? Was it? Yeah, was it them? Was it me? I mean, we definitely had some weird nights. I mean, I've been on shows where there was you know five people on the show, and the first four did terribly, and then the fifth one did okay, and you're like, okay, and, and you've seen this group of people kill, mm-hmm. before. and it's just it's just an awful. It's just. And, you know, guys, even all the guys that are big in the podcasting world now, they go to the comedy store and all that, they, they talk about it. So it's not just the newbies. Like, you got guys like Rogan or, you know, in New York, you got Chris DiStefano talking about how, yeah, I, I did 10 minutes the other day and it was a nightmare. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought it would silence. Never end. It's like, you've been doing it 15 years. Like, yeah, well, sometimes you try new shit, you take risks, and it doesn't work out. Same yeah. thing, again, same thing with training. 
try a new program, try something. Sometimes it doesn't work out for you. You gotta find what works. Something uh, I find interesting if we want to keep tying these ties between lifting and comedy. But a comedy is probably in any creative thing where I went to a weird art school my whole life, so I've done improv, <laughs> I've done acting, I've been in musicals, awesome. you name it, I've done it. Stand-up comedy is the only thing that I haven't necessarily done, but we've done like ad libby type things trying to be funny kind of deal, even though it's not like direct stand-up. I, I've done nearly something in front of minimum 100 people. Mm-hmm. Like you name it, I've probably tried it. Stand-up still scares me, but, uh, and then I've tried other creative things. Like now, you know, we're getting into uh, apparel and stuff with what we're doing, and I'm, I'm taking a lot of that creativity on because I'm really excited about it and clothes, some I've been into. And any creative venture, I think, finding a balance, but especially, I think, stand-up, and maybe this is just from the outside, especially stand-up, is walking a line of um, knowing the culture, uh, watching and, like, learning from people, without being like tainted by them like especially in stand-up like stealing jokes is like a thing or like coming up and being original is a thing yeah Uh, yeah. and it is in fashion and stuff too but everyone's kind of in a melting pot and people are kind of you know stealing ideas or getting getting inspired by and like stealing ideas is like a very fine line and i feel in comedy it's even finer of a, a line like do you do you still like watch a lot of comedy or do you Little Wayne once said he doesn't listen to any rapper but himself, because <laughs> and and I don't know if that's his ego or a publicity thing, but it kind of makes sense. Like you don't want to steal shit. Yeah, no, there's um, there's definitely, I started I started watching stand up less as I got into it, because again, you don't want you don't want like there's certain things where you just know, maybe you'll you'll not even try, but you'll just end up copying right. or mannerisms or things like that. I mean, there's a handful of guys, um, that I watch, you know, I would say every once in a while consistently because strictly because of the fact they have similar tempo that I do and their jokes, you know, kind of the same. And by watching that, it kind of gets me into a rhythm. It sounds strange. Like, like usually on show days, like days like today, I'll watch like a few scenes of Goodfellas just cause like the, the tempo of it and the way they talk and there's kind of like a rhythm to it and um, you know, things like that. But yeah, I just, um, I don't watch as much stand up as I used to. That's for sure. That like I watch more TV shows, but uh, yeah, yeah, not as much. Cause you, cause it happens. Sometimes you just do stuff. You're around the same people all the time and you know, like, Oh, that guy has this joke and you accidentally do something. You're like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. But again, I, I've heard of professionals that do that still. It's happened on accident. Like, you know, so-and-so has a joke similar to this. And they're like, oh, okay, had no idea. But, you know, it happens sometimes. Going back just a little bit about sometimes things work and sometimes they don't. Um, in the last year or so, the, the comedy spot, the place that I do um, improv every once in a while, uh, does a stand-up competition every year. Probably not this year, but they typically do. And so you see a bunch of comics on Friday night do five minutes just a bunch a bunch a bunch a bunch it just it's it's like three two and a half three hours worth of 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 comics going through and then they pick a, a selection out of that to go to the next round the next round is the next day and then they choose they hand pick a number of people out of the people who didn't make it to do a showcase at the beginning of of the the next night's stuff and these people were all funny 
you know, on, on the Friday night when they were competing. But when you go back to see them the next day and they're, they're out of competition and it's, it's early, you know, it's still light outside. And so there's light bleeding into the theater and, and whatever. It lights, you could hear a pin drop a lot of the time. Really? And it's the same material. Sure. And it's, it's not 100% the same audience, but it's, you know, there's some, definitely some audience overlap. But if you thought it was funny yesterday, you should probably think it's funny today whether or not you, you know, really guffaw about it like you, like you did the night before. But yeah. it's like, whew, wow, tough room all of a sudden. I don't know if I've seen like a big bomb. I'm trying to think. I've been to not as many open mic nights, but I've seen a lot of live comedy. I was that was something we can rant about later. But I think everyone should go. Like one to support the arts, but two, it like it really is something special when you see someone funny live. Yeah. Like they can be kind of funny on Netflix or something, and you see them live. And the op- I guess the opposite has happened. I'll call it Dane Cook. I think I've seen Dane uh, once or twice, and I've seen Tosh uh, once or twice. Mm. I love Tosh's show. I don't. I die laughing at Tosh. Saw him the first time in like 2013. I didn't laugh at all. And not that he wasn't funny, like other people were laughing, but mm. I didn't laugh, like it didn't hit. But then I just saw him, when did we see him, Connor, last year? Yeah, I think we saw him last year at uh, Crest. Oh, I was dying. I was dying, like just crushed me. I yeah. and, and I've always liked him, but, uh, and again, I wouldn't call it a bomb because other people were laughing, but it just didn't like hit. That That's probably the closest to a, a bomb that I've personally heard. But there is something, when you're seeing a live comedian like in the zone, there, there's not a lot of things like that. I guess a musician would maybe be another one. If you see like a really good live musician, live music just hits so different than something in a record yeah, or something. It, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So people need it's to go see very that. Very different, very different, man. It's just like uh, the thing too about like I'll watch people on Netflix. Like so, Greg, Greg, before all this happened, he's my co-host. He goes to LA a lot for work, so he goes to the comedy store. And he sees all those, I mean, they're all the best in the world, yeah. let's face it, right? They're all there. And he'll see whoever, so-and-so, and so-and-so, and then you'll watch their special on Netflix. And, you know, certain people might say, and you're like, wow, I didn't laugh at all. Yeah. And then Greg's like, no, 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 the 15 minutes I saw him do at the comedy store was incredible live. I think it's just different. And it does, it hits differently. Yeah. I watch you know, Netflix like, and I think like, yeah, that's funny. And then yeah, you see right. it live, and I'm crying. Yeah, you know, like you cry, like you're catching your breath, like it's yeah. fucking funny. It's a very different thing. The only like Chappelle, I feel like never misses. Yeah, he never misses. The, the <laughs> worst thing he can do is like make you think. Like that's the worst case with the Chappelles. He's at least gonna make you think. Oh, dude, he and he does it in a funny way too. Yeah. Like, he makes me think a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I like it. It's a nice balance of both. It's cerebral yet it's like funny. Yeah. You know, I love that stuff. I think the last big name that I saw live was Rogan. That's a couple of years ago. And I, I mean, it's not that he wasn't funny. I just kind of felt like he was getting ready to record a special. So his shit was pretty canned. Sure. You know what I mean? It was, it was pretty set. And yeah. there were m- moments at which I felt like he was trying too hard. Yeah. I've never died laughing at Rogan. No, I don't. I mean, every once in a while, he has a has an observation that works. But I've stopped listening to his podcast because it's because I would rather think of him as being funny and not however he is now on the podcast. Yeah, the podcast would probably make me laugh more than stand up. Actually, I think I saw something early two thousands, and he said that he has some bit about the Noah's Ark. I can't remember it, but that made me laugh pretty good. But it's but like when you particularly think of a joke, that makes me think that you're not funny. 
right? Because yeah, like yeah. one thing stood out that you're funny. Where like Chappelle, I can't name a single thing Chappelle's ever done because like pretty much any anything makes me laugh. I can quote the show, but that's another. Yeah, thing quoting it, I guess, different than saying like, oh, that one joke he had was yeah. kind of funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because like all his shits will hit you. That show was magic. Yeah, it was. Uh, and it was too much. It was too. It was actually too good. Yeah. It was. was oh, that show was. That show was the best, man. That it came out when I was in high school. His show was unbelievable. Like I don't think you could do it now because I think it's too no, it's too no, no, no. too spot on, too. Yeah, well, it would hit too hard. Hit too hard. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Too, I mean, it was yeah. in its own way kind of uh, because it targeted everything. Sure, it was apolitical. Yeah, I guess, you know that was another thing uh, when Jim said we we're going to chat with you is like the first thing I wanted to topic I want to think of uh, is like comedy's needed. It's needed to like break the ice. It's needed to lift your mood. It's needed for entertainment. It's needed. I think it's one of the, the key arts that's necessary. And I don't want to, you know, we, you can't really bounce around this without pissing off somebody or getting like political. But like whether it be <laughs> cancel culture or mm. people that just on the opposite end just don't give a flying fuck about anything and think that you can do and say whatever you want, regardless of the, the uh, I don't know, what's the opposite of empathetic? People that just don't care about selfish narcissism, whatever, like yeah. sociopath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People on sociopathic, <laughs> I guess, tendencies. Uh, I'm making a list of people we used to deal with, anyway, or, or people on. that aren't actually sociopaths, but they're on this bell curve and they're leaning more over here, where they just don't care as much about. They're so into themselves and don't care what uh, ripple effect may have on other people's emotions. Yeah. Where does the line of comedy begin and end? Are there are there are there secret rules that comedians have? Like, nah, we just don't really joke about. Or, nah, everything's good. It's how you deliver it. Or, ah, oh, nah, everything's good. It depends on your audience. Nah, mm-hmm. everything's good. You know, like, where does... It's, yeah. You know, and, and, and I guess maybe it's up for the individual. What they would like, all right, like, rape's a little weird for me. I don't ever want to joke about rape. Right. But then there's some no, people like Tosh's first thing, I think he just came up and started ripping abortion in the most graphic <laughs> terms I could ever, <laughs> you know, and I'm just sitting there just dying like fuck. But and he, and he he's he's he, he, I think the last one why Tosh hit me is he 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 found this cerebralness that he kind of has, but he kind of always would just joke about like him being gay or like make sprinkle in some of it. Mm-hmm. And this last one I think he really like kind of hit some Chappelle-ish things to make you think deeper into what's going on in the world i think that's why maybe it hit me yeah but yeah go ahead maybe with your rules there's a way there's a way to for it to be like done because that's the tough part is that for me mostly like i I have some observational stuff but it's mostly like stories my family dating life things that people relate to my dad's hilarious just like the shit he says and you know growing up with an italian father and the jokes that come from that but um so one of the examples I'll use is, uh, so here in Connecticut, uh, Lisa Lampanelli, she's from here and she also lives here currently. She came to one of our shows. She saw a few of us, very complimentary of, of you know, a few of us. And so before uh, all the coronavirus stuff happened, we actually, sat, she sat down with us and like helped us with our jokes and we were going through. And I asked her, because I have some bits that could be, I, I guess, dark a little bit. Cause I've, you know, a little personal note on me, like I lost my mother when I was a kid. Um, and my grandmother, I lost a few years back in a car accident. But like, I personally, like I'm, I basically asked her like, how do you make death funny? Like, is that a thing? Can you do that? And all she said was all the, the best way to do it is when you're telling it on stage, people can tell if you're upset or uncomfortable or, or not, they'll be able to tell. 
So you have to be good with it and make it make them comfortable. Because even though you're talking about your life, it's probably hitting, it's striking a chord with some people and probably making them uncomfortable in some regard. So there's, you know, uh, that's one of the jokes I've been working on is like, how do I make this stuff sort of funny? Because my dad always used to like, you know, as I got older, humor is how we dealt with sure. the loss of my mother. Mm-hmm. That's how my dad was. Um, one of the things he used to do, and again, people are probably going to hear this and be like, oh, that's a little dark, but for us, it's how we got through it. <laughs> sure, sure. So my, my, mom, my mom passed when I was six, right? Now, this is years later. I'm 13. Got home from school. I'm chilling there just by myself. I'm an only child. So I'm chilling there. My dad walks in and he looks around and he goes, your mother didn't make dinner again. Unbelievable. <laughs> and just walks and just walked away. <laughs> and I start dying laughing. Yeah. Yeah. He starts laughing. Like that's what we like, you know, we just mess around with this sure. shit and that's how we got through it. Like I'm, if I told it on stage, some people would be like, Oh my God. It's <laughs> like, so dark. Away. You got to find a way to do it yeah. in a certain, you know, but my dad, my dad is, has that gift where he just says something. You're like, you can say the most ridiculous shit and people are like, ah, oh, he's the best. <laughs> <laughs> no one gets mad at him ever. I've never seen it happen. That's... He says the craziest shit. To in terms of dark comedy sets, I always think of the Tignataro like a breast cancer diagnosis set. That is f- phenomenal. It's one of the funniest, saddest things you'll ever see. She talks about she was just diagnosed and her girlfriend left her and she was and she had something else. Her mom died. Yeah, there was like boom, 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 and she came out and just she just bared it all. Sure, she just just went for it, you know, and and people were nervous about whether they should laugh about it. But she found a way to make it okay for people yeah. to to laugh and 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 empathize and Jesus, that's a hell of a set. Yeah, and like you said, you know, there's different types of comedy. There's like kind of like straight up like punchline guys. There's guys that kind of tell stories and hit little things in between. There's guys that are just trying to make statements or whatever. And I guess when you're telling it from, you know, I hate this term, but there's no term for it now. It's just like hippie guru stuff, but your truth. Yeah. Uh, which everyone fucking, <laughs> yeah, how stupid does that sound? Your truth is a lie. Yeah, fuck, fuck you, all you gurus. Dude, just like live your truth. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. Yeah, you can say anything here as long as it's your truth. As long as it's, fuck you. Uh, but if you're saying your truth, and you experience those things yeah. like you said if you're like kind of okay with whatever you're about the darkness you're about to div- dive into people yeah I could probably feel it rather than like someone who's never uh, yeah. experienced a sexual assault or rape and now they're trying to joke about mm. it just to be edgy or dark probably feels different and that's I think why live is probably better than Netflix or something and why I think live comedy is better than a lot of arts or not better but you should really experience it yeah. because you can you feel you feel what's going on yeah it's different man it's very yeah and people pick up people pick up on your personality whether you're comfortable with yourself or not whether you know who you are or not like within seconds it sounds strange but even my father my father's you know was a musician most of his life he played the drums since he was eight now he's 70 years old, still playing the drums. And when he first came to see me do shows, he would be like, so it's just you up there by yourself. That's it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dad, that's, that's what it is. That's kind so of how goes, it works. He was just like, holy shit, I can never do that. He's like, so it's all on you. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's no, it's just you. And he was so freaked out by that. 
because it's so you know as a drummer you get to chill in the back yeah you're the compliment like, yeah. you, you could hide a fuck up maybe you missed a note sure. or something but with that you can't and people pick up on the shit right away they uh they can tell whether you're genuine or not whether you're trying to be a tough guy or whether you're it, all that stuff insecure you know and there's guys and i've seen it there's guys that talk themselves out of being good during a set like the one joke will do bad and they're like, that's it? And they're just like, yeah, I'm not that good. And they just start talking shit. <laughs> I've seen like, one of those, yeah. Stop, dude. <laughs> like, that's not going to help. They, just keep going. They start reevaluating all their life choices in front of a live audience. Just throw the set out the door. Yeah. And, and not in a funny way, in like a sad, you need yeah. to go to therapy way. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I guess the yeah. stand-up live is a little bit why me and Jim, like, uh, I, I'm big into Twitch now and, and podcasting, at least most of our podcasts, yeah. all of them, really. Uh, even if we're formatted, it's not, like, edited. You're not, For like... For the most part, yeah. You know, like, well, again, yeah. like, format, you're not, like, ripping out uh, one sentence of I, what I've said this whole time. Like, you get no. a vibe of who I am, even on my good days, my bad days. I can't hide it, because we're yeah. talking for hours, in that, at this point, thousands of hours yeah. on the internet. And that's kind of, like, you just said, stand-up, you, you get... And people's... It's even more so, because you're so exposed. Like, I'm sitting down. Like, you probably can't see my leg twitching out like I'm an anxious beast. But when you're on stage, you can. <laughs> or your erection. No, that's yeah. hidden. That's I saved it for the pool party. <laughs> <laughs> you only got so much blood nowadays. I haven't exercised a lot, so my circulation isn't so good. But yeah, like like on stage, you're just standing there, and you you can tell when someone's kind of, you know, like the body languages are, are weird or awkward or right uncomfortable, or or right. you're kind of owning that stage. And I I it's like an okay show, but it's like American Idol of comedy. I, I don't even know what it was called. Yeah, but what the last ten years, whatever. So I'd watch some of those, and you can last tell. Last comic standing, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I don't even know. I only watch some here yeah. and there, and some people you just see like, man, that fucker is awkward as shit, and he knows he is, and he's fucking moving all kind of fucking weird and kind of nerdy, and but but they're being themselves, and mm-hmm. rather than someone going up there trying to be the awkward guy, mm. right? And yeah, that's the thing, and it's all about. I mean, like again, I always bring everything back to coaching, but like you guys, it's about likability too. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can be the smartest coach, you got a PhD in biomechanics, but if people don't want to spend an hour with you yeah. a few times a week, you'll have no clients. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Like, likability sometimes is, you know, is the thing that, you know, gets people to, A, like you and want to listen to you sure. for a little bit. Sure. You know what I mean? It's not all about just the, the smartness of you or whatever, what have you. Did you always think you wanted to try stand-up or? Um, so I guess, you know, when I was a kid, for sure, there was, uh, I was always told, I was an entertaining kid. <laughs> I was like, you know, similar to you, Mike, like always dancing and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm yeah. that, I'm that dude that can dance. Like you and I, actually a, a gay guy described this to me the best way ever. He saw me out dancing. This was a while back. And he came up to me and he pointed at my face and he goes, this, and he just did a circle around my face. He goes, this doesn't match what's going on. <laughs> did he point to your dick or? <laughs> From the waist down. Like, like my dance moves did not match my face, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I've seen you dance. I know you can dance too. So like people, they see guys like us and they're like, yeah, no shot. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, rip it on the dance floor. But I was a, you know, I guess a pretty entertaining kid. I, I was an only child, so you're forced to entertain yourself. Um, and, you know, I would always just try to make people laugh all the time. Um, but I never was like, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian when I grow up. It literally was a 
long story short, I was at a bachelor party with a bunch of the bros up in Vermont, like 10 dudes in a cabin. And these guys wanted to get strippers, which was a nightmare because we're in Vermont in the middle of nowhere. So these girls were not cute. And the closest girls we can get were from Boston. And they had the world's worst accents. It was just bad. Like, it was just tough. So and all Southie all the time? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Like, it was like out of a movie. Like, I was laughing. I was like, this is... They, they had like a bodyguard that came with them that looked like a like if Dana White gained another hundred pounds, <laughs> like Kingpin, and he had like that, and he had like that newspaper boy hat, and he had like a Celtics jersey on. I was like, are we unpunked? This is in like what's happening? I can't believe this. But long story short, the next morning I was making fun of their accents and like, you know, just joking around, had everyone in the house cracking up. But these, you know, I'm with these guys. These have been my buddies since I was like 14, and the new comedy club opened in Connecticut. My buddy's like, I'm signing you up for the open mic. And I was like, no. I was like, don't do that. That's stupid. You're, you're being annoying. And then one day, he just literally called me. He's like, signed you up, dude. Next Wednesday, we're coming. <laughs> and I was like, come on. What the hell? And I just kind of got forced into it. Like, I did it maybe four or five times. And then um, after Greg kept pushing me, I was like weekly, like multiple times a week doing shows and, and, and all this stuff. So I never thought like, Oh, it was gonna be a stand up, But I mean, it, and now I started doing it. It's like, it's uh it's definitely filling a void for sure. Like I feel like at home doing it, like just like with training, like I feel very comfortable with that. This, it even happened even quicker. Like I feel very comfortable. And so I feel like it's the right thing. It feels like it's the right thing. So I'm just going to keep going and see where it goes. That's dope. Words of wisdom for yeah. somebody who might be kicking around the idea of trying stand-up? And not that anybody can right now, but if they could. Providing there was an open well, mic somewhere out in the field. What do we field. do, an online open mic or something? <clears throat> That's what YouTube is, dude. <laughs> you can't. It's so, again, it's so tough. Everyone's doing like Zoom shows yeah. and yeah. Yeah. all that. It's just tough with like the timing and all that. But um, yeah, um, for anyone that wants to try it, uh, in the words of my sponsor, Nike, just do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding. Not sponsored by them. But <clears throat> literally, just try it out. Like most open mics are, it, it, there's, it, you're not like doing it in front of hundreds of people. It's There's going to be like a few comics there. Like there's some open mics where there's only comedians and there's like 20 of us. Sure. <laughs> and like we're in Connecticut and New York. Like we all know each other and we know the jokes. And like sometimes we still laugh and we just like, support each other it's just fun like try it out you know i still even like two years in i still i'm in a full panic before i have to go on stage that's just who i am but it's fun it's exciting like i can't do what i used to do in the gym like i can't like power lifts or do any of that stuff anymore so like this is my it's my max effort lift <laughs> comedy yeah, yeah. I'm freaking out get the heart pump but up. I, yeah, just try it. Something new and different. Maybe you do it a few times. Like, oh, this sucks. Maybe you try improv, and that's your thing. Like, I know Jim, you do improv. I couldn't imagine. It's like, it's not that I, hard. I like that it's just honestly. me on stage. That I don't have to rely on anybody. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I couldn't. It gives me anxiety thinking about what you do. You know what? I'm not nervous at all doing improv. I'm completely not nervous. I don't know why. I can't answer that. I, I'm nervous before I get to the theater a little bit. Once I get there, it's like. I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be half an hour long. Twenty. It's going to be 29 minutes. And like worst things can happen in 29 minutes. Like yeah. what is the worst thing right. that could happen in this sure. moment? 
And and what we're always told is if you go out and just lay an, an enormous shit burger, like nobody <laughs> nobody is laughing, nobody gets it. Just make it the best shit burger you can imagine. Yeah. Just 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 lean in hard on it. And there's a possibility that you might turn it around. You know, there might be a moment that comes out of it if you're paying attention. That's the biggest part of it is being able to pay attention to what everyone else is saying and see if there's a kernel of an idea that would work better and try that and then take the scene in another direction, whatever. It's, I don't know, it's, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty mental, but I just, I don't have that. I, I don't get butterflies, I guess is what I'm trying to say. If I had to go up by myself and had nobody else to play off, that's what would bother me. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, I couldn't imagine. I give it to you, dude. Like, I'm so in my own head. Like, I can't even talk to people before I go on stage. <clears throat> I don't have that problem. My friends me. know. My friends come to my show. They say, what's up? They're like, we're going to go sit down. And I'm like, yeah, I'm freaking out. And they can, like, tell. <laughs> like, I'm on another planet. They know. Get Kevlar underwear on, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you've done, uh, you guys have done a full, like audience versions of your podcast as well. Right. I mean, full, full shows, right? Yeah, we did. Um, we did like one, like mock run last Thanksgiving and that was just like messing around, but we did a full one at a theater here in Connecticut, Fairfield theater company. Um, on like a Tuesday night, um, you know, a lot of family and friends came, but we got like 160 people to come to this live show. Um, we had like a band on there, like it was the Tonight Show. Like we had a live band up there with us. Crazy. Um, so you're playing off of them, and then like you know little things, like uh, almost trying to make it like a like a variety show, like you know pulling the thing out of the, that. I was nervous for, in a very different level. Like when you just have to go and do your ten minute set and then you're done. This was two hours of me having to keep going back out <laughs> and like having to be on the whole time. And like someone would do their set, we'd interview them. Etc. A lot of other stuff. Pull some people from the audience. Musical breaks, whatever. Um, that was a whole different ball game. It's just so different. It's crazy, but it went well. And we had other stuff planned in uh, New York City, but obviously that is not happening anytime soon. <laughs> so yeah, there's like no live anything in New York City through the end of the year, right? I mean, the city. Yeah, the city's not looking too hot right now. It's it's. It's very bad. It's very bad. And like even like with gyms, like bring it back to yeah. like I don't know what's gonna open there. Equinox has a lot of clubs there. Yeah. Like yeah. probably over forty. I don't know what's gonna come back if they have to install new ventilation systems like Cuomo said. I really don't know what's gonna happen. But we'll see, I guess. We'll see. One of the coolest ideas uh, we read about was uh, I think it was Garth Brooks did a drive in concert. No, so yeah. you end up like tailgating like a drive-in movie. Everyone just pulled their trucks in. You stay in your car, and he just puts on a concert. Yeah. Like that sounds sick. You might be able to sneak something in like that with a podcaster. Obviously, Chappelle's that, quick special yeah. did it. Because um, then you're live still. They could roll down the windows. You can kind of be there with mm-hmm. each other. Um, and if you have a good, I don't know, the te- technologi- uh, technologically, it's a little bit different because you might have to tap into a radio yeah. or have an insane sound system. Who knows? But things are doable. Um, and it sounds like different. It sounds cool, uh, at least for now. Now, hopefully. Hopefully, a couple months down the road, we won't be there. But who knows? My, I have an outstanding question for your for your co-host. You can get back to me on this. Um, <clears throat> he deals with licensing. Does he deal with people who are using things that should have been licensed and, and aren't? Does, does he does he <laughs> ever hunt them down? 
Uh, I could put you in touch with him. Yeah, just it's a, <laughs> uh, just a question. I don't know. Just a question. He's he's a very smart man. So I will. Uh, I hate to admit it that he's smart, but he is. Uh, uh, and, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you hate to. He he's very very cool. I don't know him. He, we we we're a mutual follow on Instagram. That's been pretty much it. But uh, is he like a lawyer? Is that the background? No, he's uh, dude. He's just always had like he's always started businesses and like like he started a he literally started a music magazine back in the day because he wanted he's a massive music fan. He just wanted to go to concerts like for free. Yeah, and that's who he started a he started a music magazine business and then he got into this. He's always bounced around and from what he's told me, his father as well, like an entrepreneur, like had a costume jewelry store, then became a sports agent, <laughs> then like. They're just serial uh, entrepreneurs, and they do very well at it. You, you could tell, even like working with him and talking to him, like he's just so driven. Like I'll get texts early in the morning or late at night, just like, hey, working on this. And like this is a man who's like married with kids and has a business, but he's doing this for our podcast. You know what sure. I mean? Like his brain doesn't stop, and I like that about him. I like that he pushes me because. You know, sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. And then he just keeps pushing me and I need that. So it's good. We push each other pretty much. It's moving. <laughs> Something's moving. If, if we don't get to actually, uh, you know, open this gym because of COVID, we'll probably push each other off a bridge. Just, you know, <laughs> just, Something's just to put it to bed. Um, you, guys should, you guys should just mud wrestle live on Twitch or something to raise money. Probably, that, probably make money. We, There's a lot of <laughs> a lot of weirdness on Twitch right now. I don't know if that's the best call. <laughs> Twitch is getting involved. But people keep asking us about like crowdfunding or something like that, and it's like I don't know. I mean, I'm I mean I I'm of more than one mind about it. Like I'm I would be fine with a Patreon for the podcast or something like that. Um, but and I kind of get that people like wanted their name to show up somewhere, like you know, on the wall of the gym or something like that. But it also seems weird. It's like we're trying to put together this thing which we hope will at least not lose us money. And asking other people to fund it seems weird, but I don't know. We we may yeah, get there. I might yeah. I might find comfort with it at some point, but No, it gives that gives me anxiety just talking about it, so I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like asking people for money, I'm like, eh, no. Well, we've got to go uh figure Paint out what a to floor. Do with, our, with our floors. <laughs> But we're very happy with that you joined us. Uh, where can people find you, Nick? Maybe we do a live show oh. in the gym. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Head I west. mean, dude, whenever, when this all ends and you guys get that gym up and running, I'm absolutely coming out there. That'd be awesome. Really. Very, very excited for both of you. I've obviously known you and known Jim for a while now. I know you, Mike, and followed you guys for a while. So this is cool. This is really cool. That'd be so fun. I hope you guys are successful with it. Um, but, yeah, for me, you can find me on Instagram at Nick Scopes, N-I-C-K-S-C-O-P-E-S. Um, and then our podcast, Mangina, Mangina Dialogues. Um, that's on Instagram. We have a website somewhere. The link is all in my bio. It's all there. And then you can follow my co-host as well, uh, Greg, at the Gregalicious. Gregalicious? <laughs> yeah, he's Gregalicious. Um, you can follow him as well. But yeah, and follow unhinged entertainment whenever we start doing shows hopefully again soon in the northeast uh come see those and uh yeah i'm glad we finally got to do this man i'm pumped i made the cut you're in it <laughs> all right thanks a lot um ladies and gentlemen rating review 
new podcast every single Wednesday. Appreciate you. Stay up to date with us, uh, 3sb.co, for yep. things Jim Apparel and uh, J-I-M and G-Y-M. <laughs> uh, appreciate you. I'm Salamai, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you want to find me. I am at the Jim McD on all the social medias. Follow the show on Instagram. 50% facts where percent is a word, 50 is numbers, and then website is the same. And we'll talk to you next week.